I would invite you to turn in your Bibles this morning to Isaiah 7, and we're going to read a few verses, verses 10 to 14, and then Matthew 1, and it speaks about signs, signs, and it was uh, fun too that in the schedule that Terry, the sign master, was doing the message for the kids this morning, so that works good. And Isaiah is talking about signs, and in Matthew 1, a sign is fulfilled. And uh, there is treasure seekers this morning, so the kids who who normally take a few notes and keep an eye on uh, the sermon details, there is treasure seekers this morning, too, in relation to the message. We'll begin by reading from Isaiah 7, verse uh, 10. And as we prepare, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word that continues to be a sign for us. And we thank you we can read it and reflect on it. And as we do so in what I say and in how to, we listen together to you speaking to us, that you would speak into our lives again, signs of your love, signs of your grace, signs of your leading us home Every day we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. In Isaiah, Isaiah the prophet is sent to King Ahaz in chapter 7. And uh, in verse 10 we read, Again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz. This is evil King Ahaz. And Isaiah says to him, Ask the Lord your God for a sign whether in the deepest depths or the highest heights. That's interesting, deepest depths or highest heights, and we'll come back to that. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, I will not put God to the test. Then Isaiah said, hear now you house of David. So Ahaz descended through the house of David. Is it not enough to try the patience of human beings? Will you try the patience of my God also? Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. And that's why we sang Emmanuel here this morning. Then we turn to Matthew 1, beginning at verse 18, where the sign is fulfilled. And reference is made to Isaiah. In Matthew 1, verse 18, this is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. And notice, mentions home, take her home, that she would be at home. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Jesus means God saves. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, 
and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. So our text is that that prophecy of God from Isaiah 7, verse 14, where there will be a sign given, the sign of the child. People loved by God. Our readings this morning from God's word uh, speak into our lives and direct us to think about the signs that God gives. And in Isaiah 7, we have the sign talked about. And in Matthew 1, we have that sign uh, referred to again in its fulfillment. All of us look at signs. We all do. In fact, we, we, we focus in on signs, just, just naturally. That's why they are so effective. We, we drive down the highway, and, and each of the signs, just, just our eye is drawn to it, our mind focuses on it. We, we have many, many signs. Last Sunday, we talked about the highway, walking on the highway of faith, and, and just thinking with you this morning, just a few of the highway signs that we see in Alberta. The Alberta highway signs, all kinds of highway signs. We have signs like this, speed limit sign. We know, of course, that that's just a suggestion. <laughs> Something like this might be reasonable. We understand signs. And so off we go, driving as we do. We have signs that, that give us direction. And so, so to stop uh, here, to make your way, Calgary, Cloud Trail, off you go, and to which road you're on, we have signs of warning, moose crossing, deer crossing, and we, we take note of these, and we adjust accordingly. Signs influence, direct us, guide us. And so as we go forward, too, in, in our life, as we go forward uh, in our life of faith, signs direct us and guide us along the way. They are comforting and encouraging. If, if you miss a sign, my sister was going to visit my cousin just recently, and, and she knew the way, but, but somebody had had an accident and knocked over the sign, the street sign that, that he lives on, and so, so she missed it. And, and she was driving for a while, and, and she, she knew the turnoff was somewhere around here, but, but the sign had been knocked out. And so then she phoned, and then she got, yeah, oh, the sign is down, and turn here, and everything else. So, but if the sign is, is not there, then you get lost. Then you lose your way if you miss the sign. And spiritually on the road of faith, too, if you miss the signs, you lose your way. You don't want to miss the signs. Because if you do, you end up lost. Both here in this life, lost, wandering around, where am I, where am I going, or, or eternally. As Jesus wants to lead us in our lives and to our eternal home. So the signs are very important. This morning, first of all, I want to talk to you about the signs of God's presence. 
the wonderful comforting presence of God in our lives. People don't, don't have that sense of peace often. They don't see it. They don't have the signs that tell them, show them of God's wonderful presence. The signs are, are very, very common among us. Generally, we would say uh, the creation around us is a sign every day of God's presence and power. Just in the cold, in the sunshine, in the, the giving of every day, but so many people don't see that at all. We would say, stop, wait, see the signs. The fact of God's presence in creation, the seasons changing, all there pointing us to God's presence, God's provision, God's care. But we, we miss those things. Uh, like, like when you do drive a familiar road, you don't look at the signs anymore. And so the creation is, is so familiar to people, things around us day and night, the sun and the seasons. They say, well, they don't see God in it anymore. But then they're losing their way because God is there. And to ignore those signs, to be distracted, is, is to, to miss the peace of God. He's always providing every day. He's always there. Another very clear sign that people miss, especially now, at Christmas time, is, is the actual center of Christmas. People are busy with Christmas. People are doing all kinds of Christmas things. But to actually pause and, and think, well, what is Christmas? What is it about? The birth of the Savior, it, it doesn't register. They hear the carols in the mall, but they, they're not thinking about things of faith at all. And so Christmas itself, as a sign, has lost it's, it's impact, it's grip on people. And many people are, are just, just hurrying from place to place. They are, they are pressured by all the demands of shopping and food. And, and they don't see God at Christmas. Some people, they don't even like Christmas. They don't like it at all. It's just busy and stressful and, and such. And yet what they are, they are driven by, they respond to signs like, like this, you have a, a, this kind of sign drives us, it gets us, yeah, Christmas, this is Christmas, this is the sign, this is the meaning, this is the point. But there's no peace there, there's no happiness, there's no blessing at all. God in his grace keeps giving us signs, and we need to receive those signs. Those signs on a, on a broad scale, a creation scale, something like the rainbow God signed to Noah long ago, continues in the creation to speak to us. God also, in a very personal way, he comes to Moses in a burning bush. If you remember the story in Exodus 3, God's presence and power is, is revealed to Moses right, right in front of him. And, and he hears God speaking to him and, and God's call on his life to believe and to serve God in a true and meaningful way. We, we as God's people, we have in front of us signs like, like here. We have the candles on the table. This is the Lord's Supper table. And this is a sign for us, a sacrament we call it, of God's presence and forgiving grace in our lives. 
And so this is continuing to speak to us as we gather in worship, as we look to our God, as we reflect on who we are. The sign continues to speak to us. God's presence is there. His power is there. His love is there for all of us as we confess our sin and put our hope in him. So the signs are there in a big way, in a small way, in a very personal way. In our reading this morning, God graciously gives an offer of a sign to King Ahaz. In Isaiah 7, verse 11, King Ahaz is, is approached uh, by God and, and is told he can ask God for a sign. Ahaz says, no, I won't. He is in a very difficult situation. As the king of, 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 of the people, the, the nation is being attacked and, and he is definitely in a very difficult place. He is not uh, looking, uh, things are not looking good. And, and Isaiah comes to him and God sends Isaiah to him and promises, tells him to trust in the Lord. There is a, a great God, his presence and power will save you and guide you and help you. Ahaz is not interested. He has gone to the king of Assyria, a neighboring nation, and has asked for help. And he's hoping that'll work out. And then, then he feels he will be safe. But just think for a moment about this offer of a sign. Isaiah, uh, God comes through Isaiah and says to him, asks for a sign in, in the highest height, in the deepest depths. And Ahaz says, I'm not interested in any sign. But, but think about too, Isaiah, by the Spirit, wants to get through to this guy. God wants to get through to you and me. He wants to, to, to get us aware of, of who he is and what he is doing. And so, so Isaiah, by the Spirit, thinking too, by God, God leading him, God speaking into Isaiah's heart, if Ahaz doesn't ask for a sign, what sign is God going to give him? And, and Isaiah, by the Spirit, in, in his prophetic, uh, receives from God the greatest sign. The greatest sign that could ever be given. We might think, well, wait a minute. It's the sign of this child born to a virgin. But Isaiah recognizes the central place of this event in all of world history. If you are needing a sign, this, this is the sign. There is no greater sign than this. And the reality of Jesus who comes from the highest heaven, you want a sign from something higher? There's nothing higher. This child born is the very Son of God. There's no greater person, there's no greater power, there's no greater thing that you could ever come in contact with. And this, this great God is going to come down. And not just as a baby, but, but to the very deepest depths of hell. And he is going to confront the powers of sin and death at the very root. There's nothing deeper or darker or worse that you could ever encounter. And so 
Ahaz asked for a sign from the highest to the deepest. And he's not going to ask. He's not interested. But God gives him a sign about the highest and the deepest and God's saving power in Jesus. Now that is a sign. And that's why it appears again on the pages of the Bible 700 years later. Isaiah is prophesying 700 years before the birth of Christ. And in Matthew 1, verse 23, the sign is set before Joseph. It's, it's the sign of the child, as the prophet has said. And it's in all its greatness again. And it comes to Joseph in his personal struggles, his personal crisis. Joseph, it says, is a righteous man. He's doing the best he can. He's doing good. He is seeking to follow God. And as he does that, he runs into a a, a real problem, a huge problem. As as he is engaged to be married to Mary, his fiancée, he finds out suddenly that she is pregnant. And so the sign... That, that is being spoken about here, a virgin will become pregnant. For Joseph becomes the crisis. It's not a, it's not a wonderful, great, and glorious thing right away. It's, it's a crisis. Joseph is not seeing here a sign of God's faithfulness, but instead he is seeing a sign of Mary's unfaithfulness. And so the sign to him is, is not, not that, that Joseph uh, looking at Mary, feeling she believes in God and, and she, she trusts in him and loves him. No, the sign is, is that she really doesn't believe in God and that she doesn't really love him. And so the sign leaves Joseph a broken man in a broken world. And God in grace comes to him. Like God sent Isaiah to Ahaz, God in grace sends an angel to Joseph. And the angel explains that Mary's pregnancy is not a sign of her unfaithfulness at all, but it is a sign of God's faithfulness to Joseph and to Mary and to all those who believe in this child, this Savior, and seek to obey him. So just, just thinking about, thinking about the, the account in Matthew, the sign comes in a sin-filled world. The sign, the sign of God comes to Joseph in a world of, of sin, of brokenness, of struggle. And, and really, in this world you and I might expect that of all the situations, circumstances we could trust, of all the situations, if, if we were uh, engaged to someone, uh, uh, then, then if we were in relationship, serious relationship, they claim to love us, then we could trust that they would be faithful. You would think in, in a relationship like Joseph and Mary that, that all would be well. 
but yet the, the possibility that sin could enter in based on the fact that it even often does in those situations. So Joseph, thinking that, that Mary had been unfaithful, was not an unusual thought in a broken world. But even there, right there, in that brokenness, in the reality of, of even uh, things where, where a couple like that, you would think, wouldn't they be faithful? He said, yeah, of course they would. But there are so many struggles, so much pain, so much hurt. Even there, God intervenes right there and says he is at work to save. And Joseph is saved. The man is saved right there by hearing and receiving the gospel message right there. He believes. He receives the sign of Mary's pregnancy as a work of God. He believes God and believes Mary. He acts in faith and he stands by Mary. He takes her home. He takes her home. He takes her home to a place where where there is faith in God. That's where home is. Where there is peace with God. He's at peace with God. He's at peace with the whole situation. Because he knows God is working in it. And so he takes her home. Sure and certain in the saving work of God in the sinful world. He endures the gossip and the hurtful comments. He is faithful to his wife and family. And in this we see God's saving power. Saving them as a couple. Restoring them as a loving family of faith. And that's a sign in itself of what Jesus has come to do in a broken world. Have you ever asked God for a sign? People are still looking for signs. A sign of God's presence, a sign of his power, a sign of his faithfulness. God graciously continues to give us signs. He really does. But we need to see them to see the signs. Let me point out just a few for you this morning. The first one is creation. You know today is the last day of fall. Tomorrow is the winter solstice, right? December 21. At 9.48, tomorrow night, at 9.48, the tilt of the earth is going to stop it's not going to tilt any more. It's not going to get any darker. And, and by some what, I don't know what, it's going to start coming back. As of 9.48 tonight, tomorrow is the shortest day. Or sorry, tomorrow night. Tomorrow is the shortest day, the longest night. And then it's going to come back. It's going to come back. It's all going to come back and the days are going to get longer and it's going to get warmer. What do you see in that? Nothing. Or do you see God's hand? Like, how does that work? Why, Why doesn't the earth just continue to tip over? Why doesn't it get, or why doesn't the earth just stop right there? And we will always have cold and we will always have snow here forever from now on. That's not it. God is in control. 
But we don't, we don't see it. We don't think about it. We don't take hold of it. At 9.48, it is going to start to go back. Why? Because God is there. And he makes things work according to his plan and purpose. A second sign. I'm, I'm reading to you, speaking to you from the Bible. The Bible is not just an old book. The Bible is a sign. This is a sign. A sign that you have in your home. A sign that you can take hold of every day. That you can open up and read and learn and grow in faith. It is God's sign to you. But how often don't we pick it up? How often don't we not read it? It doesn't mean that much. And so we need to be reminded, Isaiah, 700 years before the birth of Christ, wrote by God's inspiration to us. Matthew, in this gospel, wrote by God's inspiration to you, to me. He wants to speak into your life. Very clear, his word, his will, his saving purpose, his faithfulness. So just to take up and read the Bible is a sign of God at work. Even the fact that the Bible is available to us in our own language, that we can receive it and read it freely is a sign of God's presence and power. We need to take and read and grow. The third sign is is a church. That the church actually exists. That the church has actually withstood all of the pressure against it through all of the centuries. From the very start, even to today, if you thought about it rationally, it wouldn't, be, it wouldn't work. It doesn't work. But God preserves his church. And God wants us to be part of his church, to love his church, and to be involved in the work of the church, which strengthens believers and reaches out to a hurting world. And so... The church continues to celebrate the Christmas season and declare the hope of the gospel is a sign to the world. And the final sign is Jesus himself. Jesus whose birth we, we celebrate. And the reality of his birth and of his life and of his death and of his resurrection continues to be the largest, the clearest, the most brilliant sign of what God has done. And we need to continue to show that and to point people to Jesus, the Savior. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, dear Lord Jesus, we thank you that you continue to speak by your word and spirit through the truth of you, Lord Jesus, coming and and living and dying and rising again for us, making... uh, that hope and that peace available to us through faith in you. We pray again this morning with thanksgiving for all that you have done, and we pray that you would work in us, continue to keep us strong and close to you, following the signs, living for you every day as individuals, seeing your power in creation, in the Bible, in the church. We thank you that we can continue to every day again be encouraged and strengthened. We thank you for the service this day and in this day too as we go forward that you will continue to provide also that encouragement and especially too that sense of peace that we are safe 
at home in our faith in you. Amen.